ever have thoughts in your head that's looping that you want to silence? Well, I decided to let mine out. Take a walk with me. You see, it's more than just emotions, it's them thoughts that lead you. Pain is profit, change your cost, your life's an awful teacher. Been in hell and back, but still intact, I fought for freedom. Insane asylum had my rather sharpest mind defeated. I couldn't cry, was mortified by all the lies I'm eating. They forced compliance, torched my silence, though my voice was speaking. So now, when I feel depressed, I bear it all in secret. Them suicidal thoughts ain't stopped, dog, I'm barely sleeping. But I choose to choose my faith and pray his grace can ease it And need a peace to hurt to speak so therapy can't be it And plus they pass you off when your insurance pocket's leaking They say a fool's a fool if he repeat completed seasons I need a reason, reach for stars but get knocked back to semen Perfect peace threads, blogs, and talks to capture meaning This how I cope and how I know that we've been called to beat this I took an L and had some wins so now let's call it even Start the stream and let's go So welcome guys. Today I have a very special guest um, who I've had the privilege of having a couple conversations with and you guys are going to be so elated by the knowledge and the wisdom from this young lady. And so without further ado, I want to welcome on Kyra Owens. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing great. So let's jump right into it. Um, can you share a bit about yourself and your personal experience with mental health and what led you to either become an advocate or even want to be on this show? So my freshman year of high school, leading into my sophomore year, that transition, and then my entire sophomore year, my world was turned upside down. Um, me and my family were going through a lot of things, and then personally I was going through a lot of things in um, high school. And I also moved 15 hours away from everything that I knew around this time. And so I was just, I was navigating new territory. I didn't understand it. I didn't know what was going on. But I just kind of did the best that I could. But it wasn't until freshman year in college when I realized how much that moment and that time affected me and how I was actually still operating from that time and how I was still living in the past and my emotions and a lot of the things that I were feeling were coming from that moment. And 2020 was also a time when mental health was taking its feet off the ground, at least for me, that's when it started to really become m more aware to me. And I would be scrolling through social media and I would see things about depression and anxiety and all these things. And I, I remember sitting there thinking, hmm, that seems familiar, you know, that's something that I think that I'm going through. Yeah. Um, and so I just started to do a deep dive search on the internet to figure out, is this how I'm feeling? Is this what I'm going through? And then I knew family members that were also, I heard about it, but I, we didn't know like what it was. Like, yeah. you know, you hear your family members having dementia or um, depression or anxiety, but that's all you know. You don't really know what it is until you're experiencing it. And then you're like, oh, okay. Oh, I experienced yeah. that too. So it was that moment when I started really truthfully doing a deep dive, not only on mental health issues, but on myself to figure out what I was going through to understand myself more. Wow. So give us a little like personal information about, you know, kind of your background, where are you from, where were you born and raised, different things like that. 
So I like to tell people I was born and raised everywhere. <laughs> I was born in Texas. I then moved to Kansas. Then I moved to Oklahoma. Then I moved to South Carolina. And now I'm back in Texas and Oklahoma, one for school and then one for my home. But um, I was raised in the church. I'm a preacher's kid. I'm a Christian, and I love God wholeheartedly. Um, I'm 21 years old, freshly 21. So <laughs> going, <Yes>. through that, <laughs> going through that, trying to find the emotions. I saw this TikTok, and it was uh, about how, how we can see our adulthood differently when we turn 21. <laughs> yes. It's like, I'm a, I'm a one-year-old. I'm a one-year-old adult now. <laughs> so yes. still trying to figure out, still trying to navigate that and trying to make my way through college. I'm a senior accounting major and uh, trying to navigate that as well. <laughs> but that's pretty much my spill. Wow. So that's awesome. I remember taking a, um, a psychology class that talked about how daily stressors could be even more difficult um, than large, like huge monuments or different things that happen in your life. So the fact that you've learned how to navigate through, and I've moved around a lot too. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm telling you, people don't understand it, but that is a type of stress it that is. it was exciting when I was young. Mm -hmm. And then at some point it was like, this is a daunting task when you have to um, keep moving. So I am just proud that you yeah. were able to navigate yeah. through that and then still do well. Um, in school, and I think I mentioned it, and not, but she is the president yes. of um, <laughs> BSU, and so that alone, you know, that type of title, and, and, and being young and in college and still navigating through things, that is, that's pretty amazing. So, for you, how would you define mental health, and why is it important to prioritize it? I would define mental health as a state of well-being in your mind and where you are in your mind currently. So how you live outside physically, mental health is how you live inside mentally. That's good. Yeah, and so it's it, it encompasses everything, your emotions, your spirituality, all everything that goes on in your mind is your mental health. And it's so important to prioritize it because if, you, if your heart is pumping, you're alive. Yeah. But if your mind is not, you're not living. Yeah. It's like the saying, you know, the mall's open, but nobody's shopping. Right? Yes, yes. It's no point of it. Yes. It's, it's, if my mind is not there, it's when how I can't live. I can't fully be present and be in the moment if I'm in my mind worrying about what's in the past or what's in the future. I can't be physically present and put 100% forward in my entire being if I'm not prioritizing what's going on in my mind. That is powerful. I mean, it really is, and I've had conversations with people and told them, look, you know, if somebody receives like this terminal diagnosis, mm -hmm. everyone runs to their aid because they're like physically, they're experiencing something, but what about the people who mentally, it's terminal, yeah. you know? Like they're at a point to where they're ready to give up. Like, what do you do? How do you help those people? And how do you not just dismiss that as yeah. if, you know, it's just minimal, and I'm, I'm glad that you said that. It's literally like a mall being right. open, and nobody's there. It's pointless. It's right. not doing anything, and so our mental health is just as important. And so um, the next question I wanted to ask is what what are some, some stigmas that you've seen surrounding, like, urban communities or with, you know, minorities 
as far as it relates to like mental health and especially, uh, you know, you being younger, like yeah. what are some things do you, even among your circle, do you guys talk about it? Oh yes, all the time. I always, I have my two strong friends. I love them so <laughs> much, Jalen and Tyra. <laughs> they are truly amazing. And we talk about our mental health all the time That's because good. we are always, I, going through something and yeah. if it's not me it's one of them it's not, if it's not one of them it's the other one and so i will say about our friend group we are very very strong advocates for mental health and trying to get back to where or trying to get to a place to where we're comfortable talking about it and not just in jokes but also in serious conversations and being there for each other and i will say that the stigma that i would like to discuss is college students and the depression and anxiety yeah. and how it has skyrocketed oh, because yeah. especially because of the influence of social media and how we're constantly seeing 15 second things and we're scrolling all the time and now we feel like if we're not working a nine to five every day of the week we're not in the right place or if we're not hustling we're not doing the right thing or if we're not if we don't have a six-figure business we're not in the right place or if we don't graduate on the time graduate on time we're not doing good um, that's something I would like to talk about because it's so, it's such a big thing. I know yeah. for me, college is, in my opinion, it's not something you can prepare for. It's mm -hmm. not. Because it's, you're stepping into a time where you're doing things on your own. For the first time. For the first time. You're, you don't have the influence of your family. You don't have the influence of friends because you're literally, not by yourself, but mentally you are. Yeah. Because you're stepping into a whole new territory. You're navigating a whole new life and you're trying to make it your life. Cause like I said, you're, like, you're no longer in your parents' household. Yeah. If you're living in the dorm by yourself, that's, that's a whole different thing. And so it's so, I know my freshman year, I stayed in my room the whole time. Wow. <laughs> I did not, and I think that was a mistake on my part. If I, would, if I could go back and redo something, it would be that because I didn't know what was going on and I didn't know how to handle my insecurities. Because when you step into college, you'll sense a whole different insecurity you didn't know you had. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so I didn't know how to navigate those. I didn't know how to navigate my emotions and everything that was going on. So I stayed in my room because I also didn't know how to talk about it. Because it wasn't really talked about in my family. Yeah. It wasn't really on the radar or something that was important. It was brought up, but it wasn't a conversation. Yeah. It was just kind of a topic. And yeah. we just brush brush past it, but yeah, depression, anxiety, and college students, especially when you're at a PWI such as myself, and the population percentage is lower than five percent. Like, it's not a lot of us on this campus, and you, I have to go out of my way to find someone that looks like me. Yeah. Or if the campus isn't necessarily putting or promoting community and getting to know who who's on your community, because it's more than it's more than the black community, it's more than the Hispanic community, more than the Native American, it's, it's all of the minority communities. And so being on a majority white campus and not seeing people like you, and then you don't have your family, and then you're trying to find new friends if you don't already have any, it's, yeah. it's a whole new world to navigate through. Yeah, I can, um, you know, we talked about it before we started, but I can remember, you know, being here and Obviously, I had the same struggles as well as I'm 10 years older mm -hmm. than everyone else on right. campus because I came back to school later in life. And so and I can remember definitely and I moved clear across, you know, um, the country like I was living in Florida and I just moved here yeah. by myself to finish, 
you know, undergrad. And so, and while most people may think, oh, you know, it shouldn't be that hard. Like yeah. you're used to moving and different things like this. And, you know, you're <laughs> late right. 20s, almost 30s, but no, it's not because I was a first generation college student. So I didn't have anybody to talk about how difficult yeah. college classes was because I'm the first to do it. And, um, and, and I think people just really don't understand even though it's a milestone, when you go to do something, it doesn't make it any less stressful. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm the first black doctor. Yeah, that's, that's even more, that's itself. a real stress by itself. Or mm -hmm. I'm the first black whatever, you know, it's so, it's so stressful, not just for your family, but for your community at large. Because I think when you really care about something and you're passionate about change, it's like I'm not just doing this for my family. Right. I'm doing this for every little boy and girl that looks like me and yeah. wants hope. And so I'm so glad that you, you know, you brought that topic up because I would look at people, you know, um, that when I was here and I could see that they were going through certain things yeah. and, you know, trying to navigate through it, you know, and it's, it's just very difficult. So thank you for that. Um, what are some effective strategies or coping mechanisms that is your, yeah, you're headed into your senior year, yeah. right? <laughs> woo, woo, woo. Finally. Yes, yes. <laughs> so a long way coming. <laughs> <laughs> but you are here. Yes. So what are some things that you've done or that you would encourage other college students to do um, you know, as they're trying to navigate through emerging adulthood and to becoming adults, to career and all of these different things, like what's some things you've done? The first thing I've done is journaling. It has been so helpful. I know that we always see, you know, the cute journals, getting the journals out, but you don't need a cute journal. You just need a notebook, a piece of paper <laughs> or something. Yeah. And I think it is so helpful to write down your feelings because I know in my household it wasn't, that wasn't a thing, writing down your feelings or really even talking about them. So when I discovered journaling, I was like, I don't even know what to write about. Like, right. what do I, I was, I was starting off like, hey, hey self, <laughs> hey God, I don't know. I don't know, what I don't know what I'm writing about, but somebody told me to do this, so I'm trying it. And it really has been so helpful because once I get to writing, I'm going, I'm talking about, oh, and this happened, and then <laughs> yeah. this happened, and then I forgot about this, and then now I'm mad about this. So now it's a whole thing. Um, and I know sometimes I get my hands cramp up really fast. So yeah. uh, video journaling is something I also do. I will set my phone up and I'll press record and I'll just get to town, especially I'm an overthinker sometimes. And when I have those moments where it's just a lot going on up there and it's too much to write, I do the video journal. And it, it's kind of like I'm on FaceTime, but I'm not talking to really anybody. I'm just venting. And I can go back and watch it and see my reactions to things and see where things clicked or what triggered me or why this happened. And just really hearing myself talk about it or voice memos. But I would heavily encourage journaling because once you start, once you open up that pool, you're like, oh, this is this is an ocean and there's so much more depth to it. There's so much more that's going on. And it most likely, well not most likely, but it might lead back to family. It might lead back to other things that have happened. It's deeper mm -hmm. than what the situation is. And so I, I find journaling very helpful. I would also say writing down lists. I'm heavy on lists. I've been making a lot of <laughs> lists lately, but what's important to you? Like as a freshman, I wish I would have went in and said, this is what's important to me physically in the physical, and then this is what's important to me mentally. 
because I think we always, we have our goals. I want to be this by this, or I want to do this by this. But what happens when your mental health is factored into that and you don't yeah. know how to do this by this because you don't, you're feeling depressed today and you can't get out of bed or you don't have the motivation to do it anymore because motivation only lasts so long. Yeah. And so I wish I would have done that is prioritized things on my mental health. I know now my main thing is peace. I want peace. If it's not giving me peace, yes. please, please, I don't want it. You can keep it. I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> that's something that is really big on my list is peace and then kindness. Because yeah. I know that if I'm not kind to others, I'm not kind to myself. Yeah. And a lot of times, what somebody, how somebody treats another person is a projection of how they're treating themselves mentally. And so that's another thing. So I would definitely make a list of what's important to you mentally, but what's important to you physically. So that way those two things can align together. Um, what's another coping mechanism? Oh, talking. I love talking to my friends. And sometimes it does get hard. It's like, I don't know if I can talk to them about this. I don't know if they'll understand this. I don't know if they'll, you know, do this. But my friends are always willing to listen, and I love that about them. So finding people that you know you can trust, that you know are there to support you, that you know will just be there to listen. I know sometimes my friends will sit in the room for, like, hours and just sit there. We won't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's just about, like, it's just about being there for each other, knowing that, okay, if I do need to say something, if I want to say something, She's right there. Yeah. They're right there. Like, I have that person yeah. that's right there. So definitely finding a community, journaling, and talking to yourself. Because, I mean, you know yourself, right? <laughs> <laughs> so Better than anybody right. else, right? Well, at least you should. Right. So, um, yeah, I think some key things that you said that were important is definitely finding community. And I realized, like, through my life is that when you have friends, you may have one friend is really good at listening to one thing. Right. And the other one's really good at listening to the other oh, thing. Yes. And so I think a part with maturity comes to know that, look, every conversation may not be for everyone. And it's okay. That right. doesn't make them less of a friend. Right. Because um, I think sometimes we want each person to be everything. And we're not everything to all people. Right. Right. You know, it's like, so, you know, you just really have to know hey, this person will listen, and, you know, this person is better to make me laugh. Right. Like, I've got that friend that I want to call them, and I don't want to be upset. Look, they just going to make a bunch right. of jokes. But if I'm on serious time, that is not, not the, the friend. friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I figured that out with my two friends. Like, I know who to call when, and I know who to go to when. Because yeah. I know with one of them, I can't say certain things. With another yeah. one, I got to keep it on a different level. Like, But we all know that about each other. So I also think it's like finding, not just finding your community, but knowing your community. Yeah, yeah. that's very important. Um, so, like, on campus, are there any, like, resources or organizations or anything to help with um mental health for you as a as a college student i know obviously it'll look different for every school yes. but if somebody's listening like where can they go so on our campus we have counseling and you can go in there and it's it's actually really affordable for college students um and they'll set you up they'll have you fill out a paper and it'll ask do you want a woman do you want a man do you want a, you know a specific race if and all you could fill all that out and they'll match you with a therapist I know me I've been to therapy with four different therapists and it took that fourth therapist I think you're not, you you may not find the right one right away yeah that's something that I had to realize because I was like 
my first one, it was good. I was like, mm, that's not for me. <laughs> and the second one, I was like, mm, that's not for me. But I have to keep going back because right. it is for me. I just have to find the right one. So I found that the therapist that I have now, she's amazing and great therapist. She's taught me so many things. And so I know on my campus, we do have that resource. We also have couples therapy if you're a couple and yeah. you just need that therapy. We also have that as well. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think um, you have to come to a place where you're really vulnerable to yes. to want to actually sit down and talk with a therapist because it, it, it's hard. It, you know, you extremely. sometimes there's childhood trauma you have to discuss. There's current trauma. There's all types of things, and so you know you really just have to get to that place and know that it's going to take time. And so I think that's what I want um, our listeners to know that don't give up just Please because. <laughs> I didn't give up, <laughs> and I finally found her. After number four, <laughs> right. hey, and for you it may be five. Right. Who knows? But um, at the end, it'll be worth it because you want to let that stuff out, and there's yeah. somebody that'll listen. Yes. Yes. You know, I think that's uh, sometimes the, the, the problem that we have is we think nobody cares, nobody wants to listen, and so when you do that, though, you lose your voice. Yeah. And um, you never want to lose your voice because your voice is who makes you no matter what it is that you believe or you want to say, your voice is very important. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I want to talk about. Like, how have you learned how to effectively, even going through different things, how have you learned how to use your voice? Experience. I mean, I I was heavy on, I don't want to go through that. I don't want to do this. But sometimes you have to go through that in order yeah. to realize who you are. Yeah. Sometimes you have to make that mistake in order to realize, okay, this is who I am. And it is through those mistakes and through those experiences that I've learned, like, okay, this is how I have effectively used my voice. And this yeah. is how I have not effectively <laughs> used my voice. Because <laughs> I know I have a very strong and powerful voice and I have very strong opinions. <laughs> so... I've had to navigate how, one, knowing who I'm talking to, knowing the audience that I'm yes. talking to, because it's going to be, like you said, it's going to be different for every person. It's going to be different for every community. And so I've learned to use my voice by listening. A lot mm. of people think you learn to use your voice by speaking, mm. but you learn to use your voice by listening. Because it's in those moments when you listen where you can say, okay, well, how did I react to that? Yeah. Oh, so this is how I feel about this, or this oh. is how this person feels about that and now I know maybe we won't be the best yeah. of friends or maybe we will be the best of friends. Maybe this will work out or maybe I need to, you know, keep a distance to keep the peace. <laughs> it's it's in the moments when you listen yeah. is when you get to really learn someone else's voice but also learn your own as well. The, all the voices are when you hear. So when you listen, what are three key points that you're listening for? Like, are you listening for understanding? Are you listening for um, compassion? Like, mm -hmm. what are what are some things that you use when listening? I'm heavy on understanding because yes. only you can navigate your emotions. Yes. So when somebody does something and you don't understand why they did it, it's because you don't understand how they feel. So when yes. you do something that some, somebody's off like, I don't understand why she did that. Yeah. Well, it's not your job to understand. But I'm trying. I know when I'm like listening, I, I'm trying to understand. I know I'm not probably not going to be able to understand fully yes. because I'm not, I can't get in your head. I can't. I never will be able to. And even if you tell me everything, it may not be everything. Yeah. And so I try to go in with the open mind. So I'm like, okay, I don't understand why you did that. 
but God does. Yes. So <laughs> I'm going to trust him on as to why, you know, as to why things happen the way they happen. Um, so heavily on open-mindedness and understanding, but also, like I said earlier, kindness. I try my hardest <laughs> not to be mean. It's, it does still happen because um, I'm, I'm not perfect, obviously. But I try my hardest to extend kindness and to extend that open hand that, hey, I may not agree with that, and I don't have to promote it, yeah. but I can still listen, and I yeah. can still be that, that ear that you need. Yeah. Um, or that advice that you need, if you need advice. And I always ask people, um, when they get to talking to me, I say, do you want advice or do yeah. you want me to just listen? Because sometimes I think I can be quick to give advice, but maybe they don't need advice. Maybe they just need someone to hear. So. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think that comes with, um, I mean, we hear the term all the time, but filling the room. Mm -hmm. You know, and when you feel the room and, and you listen to people, you're able to understand, like, what it is they need without them saying it. Yeah. And um, I think that, you know, honestly, um, as Christians or as believers, like, that is, that's that's a fruit of the Spirit. It is. You know, being able to do that. And kindness is something that we can do on so many different levels in everything that everything. we do. You know, um, oftentimes mental health is disregarded and so it's just it's met with anger or it's met yeah. with aggression like oh that's not that's just a cop out or oh see they're just doing that again or oh they're depressed again but yeah. what if this is the last moment that you get to speak to someone right. you know you don't really ever know someone's right. mental state and for me even if they decide to give up afterwards, I want it to be known that I was kind. Yes. That I listened, mm -hmm. that I was compassionate, that I showed empathy, you know, and those different things. And it's, it's just so important. And um, it's something that I learned that it's not innate. I don't think human nature is, is like, it's not innate in us to be kind or to be nice. It's in us to protect ourselves. It's mm -hmm. in us to defend ourselves. But you learn how to be kind and you learn how to be compassionate when you're met with obstacles. Yeah. When you have experienced depression, then you know when somebody else is going through it, like, man, yeah. I've been there. I, I've been there. Yeah. I've been there. I'm right. sorry. Look, let me, you just need to listen. Like, what do you need from what me? You, right. <laughs> because right. I've been there. Right. You know, I say it all the time with even a, a parent who loses a child. Mm. It's like that is an unbearable pain. There is yeah. nothing that I can say to that because I don't understand that right. hurt, but I can pray with you, yeah. you know, um, or, you know, whatever it may be. And so sometimes if you don't want to experience that same pain or if you want somebody to be there for you the way that, you know, right. that, that you should be there for them, then just take a moment, yeah. step back and be like, look, let me just be kind. Let me be considerate. Let me put your emotions ahead of mine for just a moment so that I can help you to get through it. I try to always try to always ask myself, what if that was me? Yes. How would I want somebody to react to me? Yes. Or how would I want somebody to treat me? Yes. So. I agree um, wholeheartedly. Well, we are um, wrapping up, unfortunately, but I did want to discuss um, one last thing. Okay. What What's some advice with obviously uh, college students or even if, hey, if you're talking to somebody that's even older, 
that you would give that's hesitant or afraid because they haven't been met with kindness, they haven't been met with compassion. What's some advice that you would give to them to, to seek help and you know to use their voice again? If they are spiritual, if they believe in God, I always encourage people to pray. That's the first thing I always, because there's so much power in prayer. Yeah. But also behind that, I'm heavy on talking to yourself. Yeah. I don't care if somebody calls you crazy. Yes. I'm, I'm going to talk to myself every time. You might yes. see me walking, I'm talking to myself. Yeah. Because that's it. it's in those moments where I get to know myself. Yeah. And then I get to know what I need to pray for. Yeah. Um, if they don't believe in God, I suggest just finding somebody that they know they can talk to. Yeah. Finding something that they can do to get those emotions out because if you go to therapy, they're going to tell you to journal. <laughs> they're going to yeah. they, that's going to be something they suggest to you. Um, so I think going ahead and kind of it's really essential to understand your emotions and I personally I think the best way to start doing that is to just get it out. And if that's talking to somebody, if that is going out and finding a community that like yeah. if you know if you deal with anxiety you can search the internet for anything you can go in there and search anxiety yeah. communities I don't know and yeah. there might there's gonna something that's gonna pop up and going out and you got to take chances I think it's one of those things where we're afraid but God didn't give us a spirit of fear yes and so sometimes you have to take that step forward you have to take that foot forward it may be scary yeah. and you might not get the result that you thought you were gonna get but it's about continuing to make that step forward. And that's why I think finding that community is so, is super crucial. Even if it's just one person, yeah. that one person could save you could, and you could save them. And all yeah. it takes is one person. One. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Kyra, how can people connect with you if they want to? Um, I do have an Instagram. It is Kyra Owens. You could just search Kyra Owens, K-Y-R-A-O-W-E-N-S. Um, my handle is K dot the period, <laughs> yra.owens, um, it's the same TikTok handle, Facebook, it's Kyra Owens, <laughs> um, if, yeah, those three ways. All right, guys, well, you found out ways to connect. I am your host, Desiree, and we are wrapping up today. Be sure to visit our site, www.perfectpeacethreads.com, where we have everything from clothing to holistic supplements to blogs. Everything you need is in one place. All right. See you next time, guys.